All right. Hello. You are listening to the Angel Face Magic Hour podcast. Welcome back, my friends. I am Grace Lannon. I am your host. I'm a psychic medium and an energy healer. And today is going to be another solo episode. This is part two. So if you missed part one, you can stop this and go back and listen to it. But no worries, this doesn't have to be um, a specific order. So if you miss part one, you can dive right in with me. So today we're going to be talking about Reiki. So part one was what is Reiki energy healing? And I went over a little bit about like the history of Reiki applications, like why, why would we use Reiki and the benefits of it? So if you missed that, I encourage you to listen. Um, and I do have some classes coming up, so I will let you guys know all the details. But today we're going to be talking about Reiki more from my perspective, my experience, my Reiki story. So I'm going to be going into a little bit of how I discovered Reiki and what it has helped me with and has led me to now. So I'm very excited to share this with you. I've told this story before, but um, we're getting detailed. We're going into it. We're, we're spending some time sharing because I think it's really important for people to see where I was um, to where I am now and how Reiki has really helped me change my life, save my life. I say it all the time. Um, so today is going to be What is Reiki Energy Healing Part 2? My Reiki Story. So get into it. We're going to be here for a little while. So get cozy, get comfy. My favorite thing to do while listening to podcasts is either cleaning, like doing my dishes with my headphones in, or going on a walk. So whatever you are doing right now, just like enjoy it. This is a moment for you to listen to someone else, um, to take in information, and to have like a welcome distraction. Sometimes it can be helpful. I have found to have things playing at the same time I'm trying to accomplish things. And that's just the way that my brain works. Like when I'm cleaning, I like to have either a podcast or music. Like I don't like to be in silence. Um, and when I'm going on a walk, unless I am really intentionally taking time to connect with nature or connect in a meditative way, I like to have something to listen to or working out exercise, that kind of thing to keep me motivated, to keep me interested. And I used to always do this with TV shows. Like I would always have like Law and Order SVU playing in the background of my entire life. And then I realized that made me like anxious or that heightened my already anxious personality. So I found um, relaxing music to be really helpful and then also like stimulating podcasts. So I have a few podcasts that I love that are like educational and then I have ones that are more like storytelling and um, like funny kind of just like life scenarios type of stuff. So finding something that's interesting to you. So something that could be really fun 
and I encourage you to do so is if you're listening to the podcast, take a picture, tag me on Instagram, show me where you're listening and your favorite episode and interact with me on there because it really helps the podcast get seen and known and Instagram is quite the beast. Um, You have to appease him with sacrifice. (laughs) So (laughs) time is my sacrifice um, for the Instagram beast. If you enjoy this podcast, again, share but also please rate and review the podcast subscribe if you haven't already um because it helps our numbers and itunes or um i guess it's called apple podcast now is another beast in itself so i appreciate it i've been seeing some five star reviews so thank you and i've gotten a couple um like messages where people send me I'm gonna give you a review I'm gonna give you a review so I appreciate it very much um taking a few extra minutes to do so so it really actually does help otherwise I wouldn't ask about it all the damn time (laughs) so please like subscribe follow all the things so today before we get started with our main conversation I just want to give you a heads up of a couple of classes I got going on So if you listen to the Reiki episode and you're like, oh gosh, I really want to learn Reiki, um, study with me. Um, You can always apply on my website, gracelandon.com, for a private training. So if um, the training dates I put out don't work for your schedule, you can always set up a one-on-one private Reiki training with me. Or if you are looking to study Reiki 2 or Reiki Master and I don't have a date for those classes... Just let me know you want to be on the wait list um, for the next Reiki 2 or Reiki Masterclass and or you would like to do a private class. The private classes are pretty much the same cost. um, So there's not a huge difference in cost, a slight difference just because of time and efforts that it takes um, versus a group class. So I do have... um, a Reiki One certification class coming up in February. And I'm really excited because this is going to be three consecutive Saturdays where we meet for two hours. And that really gives you time to digest all the information. So the first class is going to be our like attunement process, opening you up to Reiki, telling you a little bit about how you can work with it and and giving you some uh, practices to do at home. And then we go over more about the history and applications and everything like that. And I talk more about what is in a Reiki class in last week's episode. So check that out. And that class is going to be in February. Hold on. Let me... Let me just um, pull the date up for you guys. So I hope you don't hear me click clacking around on my phone while I do this. But if you do, just pretend it's ASMR, my friends. Okay, ASMR. (laughs) So the Reiki One Certification Class. It's on Saturdays, Saturdays, Saturdays. And it starts... Um, so it's February 12th, 
through February 26th from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. on Saturdays. That is in Pacific time, so West Coast time. These classes are recorded um, and you will receive a recording. You will receive a manual and some video and audio supplemental materials, as well as we do a check-in call about 21 days after the class um, to practice together and to answer any questions that have come up between the time of the class and um, the time of the Q&A check-in call. So... Reiki one classes are about six hours. So if you do a private class, you can break it up into consecutive days in a row, or it could be a one day, six hour extravaganza. So that is really exciting. I'm excited to teach a group class. I've been mainly just doing privates for a while. So I'm very excited. And then the other thing I have that's coming up is my mediumship practice circle. So this is the Cosmic Mediumship Practice Circle, formerly known as Mediumship Magic. And um, I changed it to Cosmic Mediumship because I had a reading and <laughs> the girl told me I need to start describing the work I do as Cosmic Mediumship. And so I'm doing that. <laughs> um, but also with the mediumship magic, I felt it, it got a little confusing with the name because with that, people thought maybe that we would be talking about witchcraft and magic in which I would love to do a class. Um, that's also something that's been mentioned to me from intuitives that I should be doing some kind of witchcraft or, um, like practice circle type of thing. Um, but this is not that. This is mediumship. And it's called Cosmic Mediumship Practice Circle. That is going to be six weeks where we meet for two hours and practice mediumship together. So you don't need any um, experience. And that starts pretty soon. It's February 2nd through March 9th. And that is on Wednesdays from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. PST. So I know I have a lot of East Coast listeners slash clients. So I hope this time appeases you because a lot of people are telling me, please don't make your classes so late. I can't take them. Um, so if I do this, you better sign up. Okay. <laughs> but um, anyway, so this I'm very excited about. It is um, basically what happens is we meet over Zoom Um and you don't need any experience doing mediumship. We start with a little meditation that I walk everyone through to connect. And then we do, sometimes we do breath work. And sometimes we do um, like visualization. It really depends. Then I have like a group activity connecting with a different element of mediumship each week. And then we have time to both practice giving and receiving readings. And if that sounds scary to you, it's not. I'm working each one of you through each step of this along the way. So I'm holding your hand the whole time and I'm there with you. And this is really amazing for people who are building up trust with their 
spiritual gifts of being able to dive in and say, okay, I have, I'm getting this message. And then like two other people in the group are like, oh yeah, I got that too. That really helps you build the confidence. So with the idea of cosmic mediumship, my intention is that we are connecting not only with loved ones, um, like past loved ones, ancestors, spirits that were once human. We're also connecting with ethereal energy. So things that we would describe as spirit guides, angels, as well as cosmic beings of light, aliens, ETs, whatever you want to label or call them as interdimensional beings. Um, but that's really something that I'm being called to like speak more and more and more about because it is kind of such a weird thing. And, you know, if you come from any background of religion, which I know a lot of my clients do, aliens, people <laughs> say are demons. Um, so I want to really um, release fear for people. And that's like been one of my biggest learnings in my spiritual practice Um for myself personally is releasing fear, releasing fear, releasing doubt, releasing fear. And so that's why I want to teach that to others so badly, so deeply, so um, much is that anything is possible and that fear really just holds us back. So I've had people sit in mediumship groups where they think they're not receiving anything, but really they're getting it in a way that they they just felt like oh this always happens to me and they didn't see it as a spiritual gift because it is so natural to them so this class is really focused on getting you to practice and to also deepen those connections to your spiritual team so that if you decide you want to do readings or do any work for other people or if you already are doing that type of work, energy healing, this is great if someone has taken a Reiki class and they want to develop more of their skills as an intuitive. Um, you guys have a place to share messages, build confidence, and build that skill. Um, and to understand that you're probably already doing this type of thing, you just don't realize it. So... Um, I want us to build that relationship with our spiritual teams, angels, guides, ancestors, ETs, whoever they are for you, mermaids, dolphins, <laughs> animals. I've had people's spirit guides be trees in readings before. That was really interesting. Um, but building your relationship with these beings so that if you do want to share intuitive messages with your clients or take on clients in this capacity or even just for yourself, your friends, and your family, um, you have the language and the understanding to do so safely, effectively, um, and accurately. So I love you guys. Those are, those are my two big offerings coming up. Um, I also have, of course, um, my meetup group, and I do have an event tonight. So... If you hear this when the podcast first drops and airs um, and the cart is not closed yet, I am hosting a group Reiki healing tonight. Um, and I'll put the link in the show notes in case anyone hears this before last, last minute. But I also will be recording that um, class. 
and uh, putting it on my website. So if you didn't know, on my website I have a shop page and I do have classes on there that um, were live, like recording of the live classes. And I also have some meditations um, and some uh, mini courses and also some other cool offerings. I do an aura reading. I know I've talked about that in the podcast too. The price has gone up on that. Um, just an FYI. And then I have a new little offering, which is a mini psychic reading. Um, low cost, it's $55. And you receive a 20 minute recorded reading sent to your email. And I wanted to do this as a way for people to kind of either for people looking for a low cost option or people who are um, wanting to kind of get to see me and my how I work before they decide they want to take a class or something. Um, but also for people who are more independent within their spiritual development journey, they just need a little insight and they kind of do the rest of the work on their own. Um, so that is an option for people now that's in my shop and I do have some art pieces there and I am putting a lot more um, art up on my website this year that's something I'm really focusing on is intuitive artwork um, because that's one of my biggest passions in life is creating and I create many different ways but visual art is kind of like my um, language the way that I can communicate so effortlessly and channel through and receive uh, information for people so I'm really um, hoping to sell some pieces so that I can have more room in my studio for the new work that I'm creating. Um, And I'm very excited about that. So expect some more updates. Um, And that's kind of all that's going on right now. Um, Of course, you can always book a reading or a healing session with me. All the stuff's on my website. And yeah. I'm really excited. So without further ado, we will have a short word from our sponsor and then we'll get into our main conversation. I'm going to share with you guys my Reiki story. So let us get into it. This is my Reiki story. So Reiki, I truly believe is something that found me That was something that my body needed, my spirit, my soul needed, and that I was supposed to connect with and remember in this lifetime. So like we talked about last week, there are so many different forms of energetic healing and Reiki is just one of them. So I believe most people, if not all people in other lifetimes, if you subscribe to the thinking of past lives, um, future lives, as I do, that everyone has had the ability to use energy to heal and to help others and um, Reiki is just like a remembering in this lifetime for people to access what we can already do um, inherently as humans and so this is my belief okay (laughs) Um, I believe that Before we fell in density, um, before we became human, Um, so to be human, we are three-dimensional. We are uh, a form, uh, a 
we are matter. We have physical matter and we take up space and there are things within us that are weigh. They have weight to them um, and we are three-dimensional and we are a working system. And so I believe that outside of Earth, so you can think about this on other planets or even just within our soul's um, source field, like we don't have as much matter. So we're able to move through things um, differently. So you could think of this in the idea of like a dolphin. They don't walk with their feet. They swim through the ocean. They can breathe underwater. They can move through things. They use echolocation, which is kind of like sound technology, essentially, of being able to communicate with um, all these other beings in their species to be able to know when to go places, where to go places, how to find food, how to live. Um, So they have like a way that their system communicates. Same with like, um, you know, whales and stuff, but they don't, um, and they can see in way deeper depth than we could. And they don't need to breathe, um, oxygen as often as we do so they can go long periods of time underneath the water um you can kind of think of it like that like there are certain times when um species need certain things to survive so we need oxygen we need water we need food and we are humans walking on two legs and then we have we need our heart we need our blood we need all these other things going on in our body in order for us to work, um, quote unquote, properly, of course, everyone has um, their own individual health. And so certain things don't work on certain people, doesn't make you wrong, doesn't make you broken, just is unique to you. So um, that being said, I believe that outside of this reality for our human being body, we are able to access infinite source energy and utilize that energy to move through things, to heal things, to create and manifest things. So um, (laughs) we're getting real deep real quick, sorry. But um, if you were to think of a spaceship, like a UFO, like a little silver thing, that you see in old movies and stuff. You probably think of it looking like a tin can kind of thing and it's got big bolts on the side and there's lights on it and it it moves around um, like a plane would. It's not necessarily like that. It's more like um, these beings are able to uh, project their ideas into reality. So they could create this ship that moves through dimensions um, without having to like hammer pieces of metal together like we do here on Earth. So they're able to manifest things out of nothing. So if they wanted change um, within their environment, they could probably create that with just a thought. We live in a in a uh, universe or a planet, um, specifically our planet, that 
we can't just like create things out of nothing. We have to have physical, tangible, um, like, um, ingredients to be able to make it. So if we wanted a ship that took us through dimensions, we have to figure out all this like, um, technology, but, um, I think that is like a, how do I put this? A false reality in this reality. So let me make that make sense for you. So I think we could move through dimensions and heal things with our hands and do all those things. But um, our brain and the perception of the people around us keep us in this shared reality where we have to um, make money to pay for our house, to live in a house, to eat food every day, to do all these things that allow for our body to function properly and then to function within a society. Um, So therefore, let's get back to our original point. I think that we have all these abilities to use energetic healing like inherently as beings, as humans, Um, but we like forget that we can do that. So something like Reiki or any other system of learning um, is essentially opening up a certain part of ourself that what is um, like shut down to the due to the density that we live in now. So if we are um, like in a higher vibration, we would probably have these things already happening. Um, But because we are in a lower vibration, and lower vibration doesn't necessarily mean bad. It just means heavier. Um, There's density to it. Um, Because we're in the lower vibration we don't have access to all of our infinite tools that humans can do um, just because it doesn't work as effectively here. It's a lot harder to do that. So when we open up your energetic centers within the Reiki attunement, it allows um, you to call in source energy and utilize it as your own Um And it's just like breaking down a barrier to access a different part of of yourself that's already there. We just opened it up. It's like um, if you were to go into a hoarder den and like someone's been living there for 50 years and there's piles of newspapers everywhere. um, And we're really what we're trying to do is we're trying to get to the fireplace um, to light a fire we can't do that because it's unsafe there's so much stuff turned off and in the way so you have to clear all that stuff out of the way in order to turn the fire on so that's basically what we're doing through the attunement process we're clearing all this stuff out of the way and we're opening up certain energetic centers within the body to be able to channel through reiki so anyway let's talk about my reiki story I just say all that to let people know that Reiki is, isn't like making you a healer. Like you are already a healer 
Reiki is just allowing um, energy to flow through you in a certain way for you to access the memories in which you were a healer before, in which you already know how to do this. Um, so I hope that makes sense to you. I know that was a lot of big words. So <laughs> essentially, um, if I were to put it into one sentence, it would be that Reiki is opening up your ability to access healing energy that um, we already know how to do. We just have to remember. So it's a system. And when you follow this system, you can learn the ins and outs of it. And then you can start playing around with the system. So think about any job that you've ever had. <laughs> any job. You're working at uh, Wendy's. You learned the POS system. The system in which you check people out. In which you take money. In which you enter things into a computer for inventory. Like There's all these little parts of this system that you need to learn in order to do the job. So Reiki is the same thing. You're learning all these parts of the system in order to do the job. Then you've been at that job for three weeks. You know how to use the system. Then you start figuring out the shortcuts. You're like, oh, let me push this button and I don't have to do all that other stuff. And then once you've been there for a year or two, you're like, oh, I don't even need to do that. I could do this instead. And it would just be so much easier. Um, and you start to really see how you can kind of like work through the system and with the system so you're able to create like your own little flavor of uh the energy like you're utilizing reiki but it's going through your system so same thing as um like a conversation so if someone was to give you information um they might say it in one way someone else is going to say it in a different way and whatever um like resonates with you you're going to absorb so as a receiver of reiki you might see someone and have a really powerful session and then you might see someone else and it didn't feel like you had too much of an effect doesn't mean one person is better at Reiki than the other. It's just that their like flavor, their personality, their um, like their beam of light maybe doesn't interact with yours. Um, like doesn't interact with yours as effectively. So there might just not be the Reiki healer for you. So that's why sometimes I think people can experience... Um, something like energy healing or go to a meditation class and they like are like, and eh, that's not for me. Maybe they just didn't have the right person to show them um, how to do something or to know how to package it or um, like bring it forward to uh, you so that you're able to absorb it and understand it. And I think that's what can be really... Um, powerful about a great intuitive or a great healer or a great reader energy healer is that they can tune into that other person's energy and see how they can bring forward this information in a in a way such as that you would be able to absorb and understand it 
So it's this, it's like packaging it correctly. Like who are, um, and you can think of it like marketing too, but, um, it's not like, oh, I'm marketing it to this type of person. So they buy my thing. It's like, um, designing it so that they can, they can understand it. So if you were selling something to the 20 year old, the 40 year old, the 50 year old, it's the way that you like describe what you are selling to them is probably going to be different. You might use different words. You might use different, um, like inflections or you might have jokes in there or different colors like that you use to market it. So I think it's really good to think of things in different perspectives, um, in order to understand that, um, this is something that is, um, just as effective with each person. It really just depends on that the person receiving, whether they are um, aware of how it's happening within their system. So, Reiki, let's talk about my experience. All right, so let's get into it. Um, the channel definitely just opened up, so there was some information that wanted to come through before I share my story. So, um, I hope that was insightful just to understand that Reiki is inherent within you and the attunement is essentially like turning a light on, like uh, opening up a doorway. Now it's ready to come through like you, you already like had the box in your attic. You just had to crawl up there and go find it. So. Reiki is something that came into my life to provide me healing. And from there, I was able to see so much stuff about myself that I realized that this is something that I want to help other people not only have access to, um, like as a receiver, like someone can come and get a session, but also this is something that I want to show people that they can learn how to do too. Um, because it was such a profound tool for me. So I just want to kind of share with you. I guess we'll start at the very beginning and we'll see see how long this is. I tend to ramble. So I want to make this a concise as possible story for you because it is quite a long story. So I might leave some parts out and um, maybe we'll go deeper into certain parts uh, at a later date. But we'll see, see what wants to come up today. So I've been practicing Reiki in, in October this year. It will be about um, five years, I believe, that I have been a practicing Reiki practitioner and I have been a Reiki teacher for like about, I guess it'll be, I'm bad with math, three years, um, something like that. So I really didn't think I was going to teach Reiki like so soon after learning Reiki. I'd only been practicing about two and a half years before I started teaching. Um, but it was just called to me and 
Daly, my teacher, who was on one of our episodes, go back and listen to the interview, one of our most popular episodes. Um, she basically was like, so when are you going to start teaching? She, part of what she does for her students is she will do journey work just to kind of see, are you ready to do this? Are you ready to go to the next level? Um, for like Reiki master students. So when we did our Reiki master training, um, this is skipping ahead, but it's all relevant. Uh, she had some quite interesting visions for me. And one of the visions was teaching and especially online stuff, teaching and online stuff. Um, and so I've, at first I was very hesitant because I didn't think I was ready. Um, and I just started to play around with it anyway. (laughs) She invited me um, to sit in one of her classes. And eventually I I sat in a few and I TA'd with her for a little while um, before I taught my first independent Reiki class. And she was able to let me practice and also sit in and, um, and we did some attunements together. And I was able to learn the whole attunement process over again because I did learn it in Reiki Master um, and we did past attunements in Reiki Master for other people um, but she let me sit in and really uh, like decide that this was something I was going to do and so I have been teaching for about three years now and it's been super rewarding. And this year is definitely the year that I want to spend more time teaching Reiki to other people. And like I said in the beginning of the episode, I have some classes coming up. But um, it's definitely been something that I've been wanting to put more focus into. Because it is, I think, a big setup for so much for so much other learning for people that it's a really helpful foundation whether or not you decide you want to do healing sessions for other people or even do like uh hands-on for anyone it's really like a helpful thing for your life to be able to like reorganize the way that you approach life and to be able to build some kind of uh spiritual routine into your life to help you understand uh the effectiveness of consistency and routine that has been helpful for me and that's something I'm still learning that's been the biggest learning through this work is the consistency is what um builds the strength consistency is what builds the strength so Before I studied Reiki, I had a very different life. And if you know me personally for a long time, I'm sure you have seen that through my personality and just through the way my life looks. Um, And it's been, I would say, quite the miracle worker. I grew up with a lot of mental health issues been diagnosed with several different conditions some of which I believe are accurate some of which I do not believe are accurate um when I was 15 I started going yeah started taking medication 
started going to therapy, um, you know, trigger warning for this episode, because I don't know what I'm about to say. Um, but yeah, I, when I was 15, I did self-harm and I did have a lot of anger outbursts. Um, I did speak in abusing drugs and alcohol, <clears throat> very much alcohol at it was the big thing at first. I stopped drinking way before I stopped doing drugs. Um, but I started drinking and like skipping school, just being a bad, bad kid. And, you know, I do have amazing family. So luckily they did, you know, what, <laughs> what my ass um, and have me start therapy. But that didn't stop the behaviors, but it did give me some kind of um tools but I definitely did not want to go at the time and um I started seeing a psychiatrist they diagnosed me with bipolar 2 I don't think that was an accurate diagnosis I was also 15 years old so I think it was um an unfair diagnosis I definitely had a up and down emotions, lots of mood swings, hyperactivity, but also tiredness. I would get depression. Um, and then, yeah, the self-harm uh, and abusing like uh, drugs, alcohol for self-medication. So and stealing, uh, <laughs> stealing stuff, uh, spending money recklessly. All the kind of things that, yeah, maybe that might go along with bipolar. But I think for me, that's, I don't think it was an accurate diagnosis. But just to get the, like, breadth of the story, I'll give you the details. (laughs) So, anyway, I had a doctor. Um, (laughs) He, I didn't like him personally. He, I'm sure he was a fine person, but it just, he gave me a bad vibe. I didn't enjoy going there he made me feel uncomfortable um and it was just like felt weird as a young woman like he was never creepy or um inappropriate or anything like that it just felt weird as a 15 year old girl child (laughs) to tell all my information to this old man it just didn't feel comfortable and I felt like sometimes I had I would lie about certain things because I didn't want to tell the full like truth within my heart like how much pain I was in and stuff like that. I was very scared of dying. That was one of my obsessions. I had a lot of obsessions as a child um too. Meanwhile, if you listen to the med- uh what is mediumship episode, I'm sure you know there was lots of spiritual experiences that I had as a child so this was kind of the beginning of my numbing phase of like let's just not think about any of that and I don't want to hear any of these spirits and things like that um I'm just going to black out all that and I definitely began to disassociate um and drugs and alcohol was a was a tool for that 
you know, also definitely did not take care of my body. And I grew up in a time where, you know, like Paris Hilton, um, Misha Barton, like, you know, you know, the times, the Olsen twins, like all that, um, that was like the beauty standard, um, very thin women. I was not thin. Um, I definitely have always been overweight, quote unquote, um, fat, uh, and so I definitely felt a lot of shame for my body as a child and, um, starting at like eight years old, like I remember that, like wanting to lose weight as a child and just, um, you know, abusing my body to fit in with other people. Um, I definitely had a lot of friends who were starting to like hang out with older guys and that was, I was always very scared of sex. <laughs> I don't know why. i terrified. Like I was so scared of that kind of thing. And, um, so that wasn't really part of my story, but I did hang out with the, like, I wasn't, uh, hooking up with these guys, but I was, hanging out with my friends who were. So I was exposed to older guys and um, them buying alcohol and stuff for us. So that was kind of a way that I was able to access alcohol. I would also obviously steal. So that's how we did that. Um, Not a good idea, not healthy. But when I was like 15, yeah, I, I got in trouble for like being blackout drunk and Uh, Luckily, I didn't get arrested, but I did get in trouble and uh, trouble with my family. And um, it was just like a big nightmare. Um, So I stopped kind of drinking as much until I got to college. And but I still was doing drugs and just not taking care of my body and just being a wild child as a way to numb my feelings. Meanwhile, I was also prescribed some medications for bipolar. Um, I tried a couple of different things. They were not effective, <laughs> to say the least. Um, definitely shouldn't have been mixing things together either. Like being on a prescription, should you should not drink. Um, so that was probably very dangerous. And essentially... It all led to just um, worsening my mental health conditions. My anxiety and stuff got way worse. Then I went to college and did a lot more drugs um, and really got into that psychedelics and things like that, which um, I don't regret anything. You know, I had a lot of amazing experiences. I met a lot of amazing people. Um the only regrets I would have is just like certain the ways that I would treat people maybe like I feel like I was a bitch um but I have no regrets because change is possible and I'm not that person that I was and I learned so much through those experiences and I don't think necessarily that drugs are all bad it just um like and and especially psychedelics can be extremely beneficial I know we've talked about mushrooms and ayahuasca on the podcast before. Um, And for me and my history, I'm still hesitant to do something like ayahuasca. Um, 
but I think it could be really beneficial for the right person. And I think marijuana and mushrooms can be really beneficial for the right person, especially microdosing for depression. Like I'm, I'm all for all of those things. And I'm all for also psychiatric medication. I just wasn't on the right kind. <laughs> um, and I was also abusing other kinds um, in college like people do to get papers done and whatnot. And, you know, I definitely always kind of romanticized, uh, like, being wild, you know, growing up very much in that Lindsay Lohan era, uh, <laughs> like, just kind of romanticizing doing drugs and partying and, like, you know, stealing, like, that movie 13 definitely did a number on me. Um, <laughs> you know, I think it was just being a kid, like you think certain things are cool, but they're not, when you get in the deep, dark depths of them, they're not really cool. Um, but a casual smoking a cigarette on a porch or whatever, like, um, and like, you know, having a beer, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. That's just not, you know, my life. Um, because for me, it was a coping mechanism for what I was experiencing emotionally. And I think a lot of that was also the overwhelm of being a psychic intuitive and not really understanding that until a lot later. And that's why Reiki was such a, a tool and help for me. So all that being said, basically, I had treated my body like shit for a long time. And I also, meanwhile, did have some weird, mysterious health conditions not related to drugs or drinking or uh, mental health or anything, just completely unrelated. But I had this weird reoccurring pain in my knee. Um, I've done a ton of healing work on this, and I think some of it, uh, I believe that was connected to a past life uh, death that happened to me. <laughs> and... Um, my leg got trapped underwater. I drowned. It was a whole thing that I have since healed and I haven't had the, the issues with my knee. So hopefully that's not going to come back. But so when I was 15, that's when that started happening. Um, basically, my whole knee got extremely inflamed. I couldn't walk. I had to use a cane. I went to the hospital and had to have my knee drained. I didn't have to have surgery, but I did have to have the fluid drained. And they gave me antibiotics, lots of antibiotics. I also, as a child, did have reoccurring um, strep throat. So that's basically staph. Like that's basically a bacteria that lays dormant in your body. And so I have that in my body. Um <clears throat> And I think that uh, was very much connected to some of my health issues, is that dormant virus in the body. Um, things like fibromyalgia and stuff, there are some studies, it's not proved, you know, FDA proved information, <laughs> but uh, there are some studies that connect uh staff or um what's the other one it's a dumb it's a, another big virus it will come to me all but i forget what it is but connect um do 
oh, it's going to bother me. If I can't remember by the end of the episode, I'll look it up and I'll put it in the show notes. Um, But there are some studies that link certain dormant viruses in the body to things like fibromyalgia or chronic pain stuff. That comes to play later. So um, as a child, I would get frequent uh, strep throat and also ear infections, ear infections all the time. I would get ear infections. So I took a lot of antibiotics as a child um, and then as a teenager and a young adult with my knee pain issue um, because they never had an answer to why I had this pain. They never had, uh, oh, this is a this or you have a bacterial infection because of this they just knew it was infection but they didn't know where it was coming from there was no origin point there was no cut there was nothing where the um it could like leak into my system and so there was never any definitive answer why I had this reoccurring problem and that's what made me so frustrated about it is because I could treat it but it would just come back And with the, uh, like chronic pain stuff, I was using the antibiotics a lot. And then in turn that created an issue within my stomach. So I started developing like, not like IBS, but just irritated stomach, like, um, very much bloated, very much, um, I would feel nauseous. And then later in life around 25, uh, that started getting way more serious and I would vomit like every night, um, between like four and 5 AM, which if you look in, um, like Chinese medicine, there are some pretty interesting charts that show you different organs that are connected to different times of day. So, I believe this was an issue with my liver. Um, I was later diagnosed with non-fatty liver or non-fatty, non-alcoholic fatty liver syndrome. So I got fatty liver. I don't have the issue anymore, y'all. But um, I did have that and it was creating severe pain. But it wasn't connected to drinking or drugs or anything. It was, um, they still don't know why I had it. Um, I think it was emotional, (laughs) um, and connected to anxiety and pain and not being able to express my pain. Um, but it was such, such pain. I I know I'm skipping around a lot, but I want to just kind of get all these different symptoms out there so you can know what I was experiencing, um, throughout my life before I found Reiki. So the liver became such a big bad pain that like I couldn't lie down. Um, I had to like lie on my stomach, but then that got uncomfortable. I couldn't sleep very well because I couldn't lie on my side or my back because it was so painful and it was like hard to the touch. It was horrible. Um, And I was throwing up all the time. And I think... My hypothesis, this has never been um, confirmed, is that the use of antibiotics because of all my other stuff, like over and over and over again, really kind of um, fucked up my stomach and it basically 
cause like leaky gut syndrome. So leaky gut, you might have heard about it. I feel like it was pretty trendy in like 2016. Um, People were talking a lot about that. Um, So eventually I did work with um, a functional medicine doctor and they they did give me the leaky gut diagnosis um, and I started doing some stuff that helped it immensely. Um, But that was later. That was much later. So the other thing that contributed to my severe pain was that I had like a big fall, a big accident. Um, And this was in the height of my like partying days. So I was doing drugs and drinking and stuff and at my friend's house at a party and I was standing on top of a flat file. So if you don't know what a flat file is, it's like a big giant filing cabinet for large scale artwork or large scale pieces of paper. Like architects got them in their office, offices, you know. So they're basically a wide ass filing cabinet. So I was standing on top of this filing cabinet you know, having fun, uh, and dancing and stuff. And because I was drunk and because you shouldn't stand on a filing cabinet in clogs, I fell and I slammed, um, my spine, the base of my spine, like where my hips are, uh, against the filing cabinet, the corner. So super sharp edge, like coming from just a big drop. And so I slammed my spine super bad. And because I was drinking and partying at the time, it hurt, of course, yes. But I didn't realize the severity of the issue. And I didn't really do anything about it. And then maybe like two days later, the pain was just so severe. I had to call off work. At the time, I was working at Dick Blick Art Supplies. (laughs) Um, so I was working retail as a, in a manager in an art supply store. So standing on your feet all day, picking up boxes and stuff, it just wasn't an option for me. So I did go into work and then I ended up having to leave and um, call out for a few days. But this is what sparked a severe depression for me. So the pain got so bad um, and I just like... I wasn't in the point in my life where I was taking care of myself to know like what I should do or to really follow through on anything that would be helpful or to be responsible enough to go to physical therapy or to um, call a doctor or anything. This was also when I was under my parents' insurance, so I could have gone to a doctor super easily. It wasn't that I didn't have the money. Um, I could have gone and it would have been covered by my dad's insurance. So, cause I was still 25 at the time. And in America, if you're covered under your parents' insurance, that stops at about, I think it's 26. Health, health insurance is a whole nother episode, y'all. But, um, I just wasn't responsible, um, for myself at that time in my life. And I didn't really do anything about it. So the pain got way, way worse. Eventually I started doing, getting some massages And that was really helpful, but it was just impossibly painful. And I couldn't sleep on my bed. And this was the same time that my liver was all fucked up. Um, So I would just sleep on the floor. Um, And pretty much for like six months to a year, I got really depressed. I started abusing 
um, anxiety medication may, way more than I did before, which um, is just unhealthy to do, to use a medication in a way that it's not prescribed. Um, but it became a dependence because my body was just in such severe pain that it was like the only thing that could get my mind off of it and also just smoking hella weed um in like a way too much type of way um and I would sleep on the floor and I lived in a really cute apartment with some really cool people there was a lot of positive things in my life at the time but um I also that apartment was haunted so I feel like the depression was was somewhat of the the ghost that lived there but that's a whole nother story um brief brief story of it is that there was a woman who unfortunately took her own life in the apartment that I lived in um and other people my best friend lived there before me um and she was affected by the haunting other people I know were affected by the haunting um so it was not like just me as a medium being super open but in reflection when I think about it like I think some of it was very much heightened because of the haunting environment um but anyway so I would just lie on the floor I slept on the floor every day for like six months because it was the only on the hardwood floor because it was the only thing that was like okay for me for my body um but yeah, eventually I started seeing a chiropractor that it helped me a little bit, but I'm still dealing with this pain today, y'all so much, so much better. But, um, like the other day it flared up, um, about two days ago for like six to eight hours. And, um, so I just want uh, part of me sharing this is to encourage you to take responsibility for your health and yourself. Um, because if I had done physical therapy, I get really emotional thinking about it because if I had done physical therapy at the time, I probably would not have the severe pain that I had for years and years and years after that, um, drunk, dumbass fall. (laughs) Um, but you know, I just was a mess in my life. It felt like that things like that would happen to me all the time. I'd wear shoes and like to- uh, toss and roll my ankle like all the time. I'd always be in pain, always falling, always having an accident. And I think some of that was um, the disassociation. I was not in my physical body. I was not grounded. I was floating around somewhere else because it was too painful to be myself, to be within my body. Um, so I think sometimes the falling and stuff was because I literally couldn't experience my form. Like I didn't like my limbs didn't know where they were because there was nothing inside of them. (laughs) There was no soul inside of them. It was just a floating meat sack that bumps into stuff. So all that to say, I was a hot mess. Um, and I had suffered a lot mentally, a lot mentally. And I know, um, you know, some of it, I think, like I said, is just not having the support, um, to like work on my spiritual gifts and, and so that it wasn't like an overwhelming thing. Um, and constant anxiety and 
like uh just feeling everyone else's feelings um physically in my body but I think also of it some of it is yes genetic like there are a lot of mental health issues within my family and my genealogy and um on both sides my mom and my dad so (laughs) it is a thing and alcohol and um alcoholism and stuff runs in my family so it's very it makes sense that it would be a coping tool that my body recognizes because my cells are my grandmother's um and so you know it's easy to fall back on the bad habits or the coping mechanisms of our ancestors because this this is what we recognize this is what feels comfortable to us so even if it's not a healthy thing it is something that our body recognizes so I um you know I don't blame myself I think for a long time I really blamed myself and was like why am I so I'm getting sad about it thinking about it but I'm just trying to be open but I would blame myself being like why am I such a failure why would I do this to myself like why would I do things when I know they're not good for myself um and I know now that like I was doing the best I could with what I knew that would help me um, feel okay just for a moment. And now I'm just so grateful to have found Reiki. That's why I'm even telling the story. Because it truly got me out of that darkness. And showed me like that was just all a way for you to like be okay in the moment but you don't need all of that shit um and you're way stronger um than you think so if you listening (laughs) have struggled or are struggling with addiction mental health issues physical health issues eating disorders like all that stuff i know how you feel And I know that it's possible to change. And if you ever need someone to talk to, please reach out to me. Like, obviously, I'm not a therapist, but I am an intuitive healer and I can help you in certain ways. Um, But sometimes we need a therapist. And to circle back to when I was young, I just that was not the therapist for me. I wasn't comfortable at the time with that. But I do think that there are lots of amazing mental health um, practitioners and facilitators that can help you. And um, I think the best thing is to get someone who can help you spiritually, intuitively, emotionally, and then to also get someone who can help you with your brain, with the mental health. So to have both um, people on your team, I think can be extremely helpful because sometimes when we are very spiritual, um, we worry that we can't share our pains with a therapist because they might uh, institutionalize us essentially. So, and that does happen. Like if you are open with some of your intuitive gifts with a mental health care practitioner who isn't aware of spirituality in um 
in a like neutral way, they might view your behavior as psychosis. But there are also times where people might think they're talking to God or to spirit guides or to angels or to demons or anything and they might be in psychosis. So it's it's a, it's a thin line between psychosis and psychic. So please if you ever feel worried, if you ever feel out of control, like seek help and um get multiple perspective. Get the perspective of an intuitive and get this perspective of a um doctor because sometimes what you think might be a spiritual ailment might actually be a medical thing. And I say this a million times over with when it comes to clear audience and stuff like that. Make And also clairvoyance. Make sure there's nothing going on with your ears. Make sure there's nothing going on with your eyes. Make sure your organs are healthy. Make sure everything is doing fine. Like, And everyone is intuitive. But sometimes... Um, sometimes there might be a medical issue as well. So just making sure that ringing in your ears is not like a vertigo or something. It's, and when you can really get that like confirmation, I think that helps you build up even more trust with yourself. Cause you're like, wow, everything in my body's working exactly the way it should. And yet I'm still having this connection and that can let you know like this is really here this is really here with me also that to say finding a mediumship group practice group support group can also be extremely helpful just to have people who can listen to you without your fear that they uh will think you're psychotic (laughs) or judge you or um look at you in a way that the information you're saying is insane especially 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 for my listeners out there who come from a religious background fundamentalist background this has been coming up a lot um with clients and stuff people who were once raised very strictly religious um just like developing their own uh like pathway to spirituality and that being viewed as evil or as demonic and anything outside of the church is evil. Um, so I think for people who are coming out of that, it can be even more difficult to talk to others about their spiritual practice or their thoughts or their gifts. So I just want to say that myself and so many others are out there to support you to know that you are not alone and you're safe to have your own relationship with God. Um, so that's just kind of like two things that are coming up as I'm telling the story. So that's kind of the background of what was going on for me in my life. So I had mental health struggles, physical health that led to more physical health that led to more physical health. Um, and I felt like my body was breaking down and I think so much of it was the anxiety was making everything worse. I had fear and obsessions about everything y'all and I've talked about this before but I was obsessed with God in like a weird way um, which some of that was beautiful but some of that was like I was so scared of hell 
um, and going to hell or, and specifically me going to purgatory because I was not baptized. And, um, I was so worried because my parents were raised Catholic and they were just, they did not raise us like that. Like we went to church every once in a while. Um, my sister sang in the, my siblings sang in the church, um, and we would go like on Christmas and then like when my cousins got baptized and stuff, we'd go to that. But um, we didn't go very often. And I, and my dad just didn't have good experiences in the church. And so we it wasn't really part of like my upbringing, but I still was inherently like so fearful um, from what I did learn and also like my relationships with friends growing up as a in elementary school um their impressions of religion really uh washed upon me <laughs> and I was so scared of going to hell I was also scared of just like the end of the world apocalypse um and now I'm like okay <laughs> okay interesting interesting how things are panning out but I don't think we're in the end of the world, y'all. I think we're in the beginning of a new one, loves. So, um, that to be said. But, um, I was so scared of volcanoes, tsunamis. Um, I would have nightmares every night about dying. I was so scared of death. Like, even just thinking about anything to do with death. Um, I would freak out, start crying, like, about my parents dying. Like, I was just obsessive um and scared of everything and then later I started developing a big severe fear of driving got into a couple car accidents nothing serious but like people would both of them were not my fault um but I was like fucked up um when I was driving so it felt like it was my fault um and then later, I did get a DUI and get arrested. So, I developed this big fear around driving. Um, and for a while, I couldn't drive because of the DUI. And I had to walk everywhere, take the bus. And um, that developed, like, another fear of, like, I don't know. I was just paranoid about everything. But... Um, especially with driving and driving over bridges I'm still scared of um shout out to my friend Ellie List I don't know if she listens to this podcast but um when we were in college I remember we went on a trip or maybe it was after college but it doesn't matter um we went on a trip a camping trip up to like north of Yosemite super crazy mountainous type of roads and she made me drive over this crazy ridge. And it was a very healing experience for me, but extremely terrifying. Um, and it looked like a BMW commercial type of ridge where it's just like a cliffside into nothingness and you could totally die. And that's probably like a Thelma and Louise. Like, um, so I was terrified, screamed over that drive. Um, but she pushed me and that was really helpful. So thank you to her. <laughs> and I also pushed myself to drive up to Portland, Oregon, um, from where I was in Oakland, California. So about 12 hour drive mountains. Um, and it was a highway drive, so it wasn't super bad, but still terrifying for me. Um, 
and I drove up there all in one day and that really helped me. So I began to heal the driving issue. Um, but I would just be so fearful of someone crashing into me probably because of the car accidents, but also just like, um, other people I know getting into car accidents. I don't want to scare anyone. So I don't want to like go into detail, but, um, it was a big fear for me. Bridges are still scary to me, but, um, I had so many fears, like endless fears. Like I was scared of this, that, and the other, like, and then also like social anxiety, um, borderline agoraphobia. Like I wouldn't leave my house, um, for like six months. And then I decided one day that I didn't want to feel like this anymore. I was like, let's stop all that. (laughs) Let us stop all that. And I was still using drugs at the time, but it, this was the beginning of my healing journey. Um, so at the time I found this person from Instagram, actually. So shout out Instagram, um, which is amazing because I found so many people from Instagram, some of my best friends, my clients, and my healers, people that I work with, people that I've learned with, most of them I have found through Instagram. But I was scrolling, 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 and I found this person who was advertising their services um, in Oakland, and they are an herbalist, and they also practice Reiki. And at the time, um, so this, at the time, I was... Freshly back from traveling, I had traveled to Central America and I did a really cool internship and I got to work with people um, in like, it was just an amazing experience, but I got to work with different textile artists and it was a life-changing experience. So then I came back to Oakland, you know, after doing something so beautiful, it's like, I'm here again, even though obviously it's a great place to be, California is awesome. But after traveling and having such amazing experiences, it's kind of like, uh, what the heck am I doing here? I had been working at the art supply store before I went to my internship. So I quit that. So when I came back, I didn't like have a job and I was like trying to figure out what to do. Luckily, I knew this amazing woman, Delia, and she was my neighbor and just was a big cool ass person um big fan of me and my friend Kate's artwork because at the time Kate had been doing a little gallery um outside of her house and we would do art shows there and Delia was really just a badass person would come to the art shows support us and just was a cool neighbor and she had a business well she still has but she had a business um a dog walking business and this was kind of the beginning of her business her business has blown up super successful so I'm really happy for her um but she invited me to work for her to walk dogs so that was just like the beginning of I'm getting emotional like so forgive me but I'm just really grateful for that opportunity because that was like um really the beginning of my healing journey getting the opportunity because that's what like not only was it a good job but she was a good person and she really helped me like um take better care of myself and I'm just eternally grateful 
Um, so I started walking dogs and it became like such a healing experience for me because not only do I get to, I got to be outside all the time. I got to walk for like so many hours a day. That's what when my walking obsession began. So if you follow me on TikTok, you know, I'd be walking all the time and going on walks. Um, and that's like when that really began for me. And then over quarantine, it became an everyday thing. But I got to walk dogs, beautiful dogs um, in a really cool neighborhood. Like this was Rockridge, California. So that's like the ritzy, fancy area of Oakland where all the fancy rich white people live um with their expensive dogs and they work all day so they need their dogs walked because they work in San Francisco um so I got the opportunity to walk a couple of really amazing dogs and um I started taking better care of myself not completely not fully I didn't stop doing drugs yet and I didn't stop I didn't like start really taking care of myself when it comes to food but I started eating more food because before that I just was not eating enough food like and I started developing all these weird food allergies um so it was became increasingly increasingly more difficult to eat um nutritionally and um also I did not mention I had a ton of teeth issues as well. So I had severe pain in my jaw. My jaw was swollen for like two years. Um, and so that also contributed to the issue with eating. So it really started with um, like wanting to be skinny, like as a young kid, like eight to like probably like 14. And then it became like uh, like a pain thing and then it became like an allergy thing um so all these issues kept stacking upon each other which made it more difficult to have a healthy relationship with food and so when I started walking dogs it was kind of an eye-opener for me because I would go all day like walking a million dogs like and not eat anything except for like a venti coffee from Starbucks and like some fruit or something and I would feel like sick and Delia was really the one who helped me like know okay you have to eat more protein and like she would oh I'm just like happy to think that so much has changed but she would like show me cheap stuff from Trader Joe's that I could buy like and we also live next to Trader Joe's so very convenient um but she showed me like cheap stuff I could buy from Trader Joe's that would be like like filling to like take with me to walk around and like you know she would bring me snacks and stuff so it was just really helpful to begin to see that you know you have to take care of your body I think some of it too is like like being a spiritual being like an energy being which I know from my work in the Akashic Records like that is a lot of my lifetimes I've been just this energy or have been higher vibrational like on other planets and weird stuff not all not all like I've certainly lived many earth lives and many done many negative things in my past lives like everyone has um but um coming to terms like with the fact that you have to eat like three meals a day and you have to like 
take care of your human form like in order for it to work effectively I think was a really difficult thing for me um especially as a child like I did not want to eat anything except for like mashed potatoes because it was like easy to eat like I felt like it was I didn't like anything that was like crunchy or like hard to eat and I think also that was because I had teeth issues I still have teeth issues but we're working on it y'all um but anyway so I started walking dogs and with that I started listening to podcasts (laughs) and really podcasts are what opened me up to so much of this like wellness world and um that's what opened me up to more and more spirituality um outside of like more of the tarot and like things that I had been like surface interested in in high school because of like the craft or whatever but so I started listening to um a couple different podcasts I love how I said this. I'm going to be concise with this story. And we're almost an hour in. And I haven't even started the Reiki part yet. But I think that it will be helpful for people to see um, and how much pain I was. And like, you know, it's not to make you feel sorry for me. It's so you can know what is possible. How much change can happen. And um, how powerful Reiki is. And how powerful just, like, taking responsibility for yourself is. So, um, I started listening to podcasts on my daily walks with my dogs. And I would be gone for, like, four four to six hours a day walking dogs. Um, like, four days a week. So, I wanted, like, you know, things to keep me entertained. Um, and... I did listen to like a few kind of just like more This American Life, Radio Lab, like the popular podcasts that I feel like are like the first podcasts um, that people listen to. But I started to branch out and I found at the time I started alongside my health journey, I started like diving into like what can I start to do to eat better to nourish myself better to take better care of myself um and I started listening to some wellnessy podcasts I started listening to this podcast that was like I think it was called paleo women um and it was about it was like about um like eating paleo but it was also about these people's lives and things like that um and they talked about paleo stuff and that was kind of like what got me in because um I had developed a wheat allergy and so I started wanting to eat um differently and paleo was like the thing at the time the trendy thing and that's why it was probably even easy to find this people's podcast but um anyway they turned me out to a couple different podcasts and just because of the you know how on podcasts there'll be recommendations for other podcasts so that's why you rate and review y'all because it will be show you one you like and then you'll be like oh if you like this you might like this so I discovered um Jordan Younger the balanced blonde I discovered her work and 
I started listening to her podcast every single week. Um, I still do love her podcast. It's one of my favorites. Dream goal of mine is to be a guest. So just putting that out into the universe. <laughs> um but I started listening to her podcast and if you're not familiar with her she's like kind of like a lifestyle blogger type of girl um but like more in the wellness scene so she started with like talking about like smoothie bowls and stuff and she's developed and opened up a lot spiritually alongside myself on this journey so I have kept up with her greatly because it really feels like we're on the same trajectory so it's been cool to see because she started talking about like smoothie bowls and eventually she was talking about now she's talking about like channeling palladian beings and i'm like okay we're on the same vibe but all that is to say she had a woman on her podcast an interview on her podcast and i still remember listening to it so vividly walking this one dog lola who lived up in the hills in Oakland and I would get to walk her in the hills and there's no one else around really rich fancy people houses and I listened to this episode and this was a big trajectory of change for me as finding this episode so this woman Kelsey Patel was her guest on the podcast you might have heard of her because she's very big like she is well known now she was even on fucking Vanderpump Rules okay um which is a Bravo reality tv show in case you didn't know that um and when I saw her on there y'all better believe I was like super fanning because I did not know she was on the show like she just was like a guest on uh, a couple episodes one of their one of the guys of the show took his other friends to go get Reiki sessions so that was really cool to see the visibility and like the melding of worlds because if you didn't know I am a reality TV obsessed person and that's another aspect of my personality. Um, And so that was really cool. But all that to say, um, she had an episode featuring Kelsey Patel and she talked about Reiki and Jordan, the host of that podcast, had studied Reiki with her. So they talked about Reiki. I honestly don't remember exactly what the conversation was about. I just remember that's what introduced me to Reiki. Because I'd never heard of Reiki before that. Um, You know, I lived in California, but not in like LA, California. So it's less um, hippie woo-woo out here. It's definitely where I live now, like North Bay, uh, Sonoma County, like very hippied out. Um, Like everyone practices Reiki, I'm sure here. but in a way different vibe, way different vibe than Southern California, way more like um, patchwork pants, like smelly rainbow gathering type of hippie than like flat brim hat, um, matcha type of hippie in LA. Um, All that to say, I found that podcast and I remember so vividly listening to it and then starting to look um like for a Reiki practitioner because I wanted to receive Reiki because it sounded so cool and I was like I just want to see what this is like um again I've always been fascinated with metaphysics I like I said in other episodes I would check out books about ghosts and ESP and I watched a lot of so weird and I was just always obsessed with like metaphysical stuff um aura readings like just all that kind of things like take a quiz like what color is your aura I was always all about it um indigo child type of shit I read a lot about that like 
in high school and was just like this sounds like me oh my god um is this me (laughs) i am a witch and very much always been into that kind of thing but and i had gotten a few readings i think i mentioned this on the podcast before but i'm not sure but my 18th birthday uh we got a tarot reader to come to my house for my birthday party um that was my first reading and did i ever miss i don't know (laughs) forgive me if i'm telling these stories twice but even if i have told these stories before they were like at least 15 episodes ago so maybe you forgot um but i did get in trouble a lot of trouble um at like seven years old or something for calling miss cleo the psychic hotline um (laughs) i didn't even get into her i was just on hold and it was like 300 dollars or something i thought it was like 50 dollars, and then i asked my mom about it like recently and i was like remember when that happened she was like yeah that was so much money and at the time too like my parents are pretty wealthy now like they're they have they're good but at the time they were not at all so it was a lot of money for them and um I got in a lot of trouble um so (laughs) just thinking about that so I've always been obsessed with metaphysics um but I had never like found a healer or anything like that before so I was just kind of like searching and like googling around and then to circle back to the Instagram, this is how I found my first healer was Instagram. So I was like, how am I going to find someone? I just had heard about Reiki on that podcast and it had opened up my eyes and I'm like, I want to start receiving this. I want, I need this. Like I need this. Um, I just had a deep calling to it and I, I had to try it. I found this woman, um, and they practice like I said herbalism and Reiki and so I signed up to work with them for I forget how long it was but it was a couple months um we did some kind of like package deal and they consulted me about herbalism they gave me some different practices to help with my pain my anxiety and then we worked um a bit on my stomach issues so I was dealing with leaky gut like candida type of stuff lots of bloating throwing up um and in conjunction with that we did Reiki sessions so it was really powerful because we'd go in there and it was kind of like a therapy type of thing I'd sit in a chair and they would sit in a chair and we'd talk and then we'd talk about more physical stuff and they give me recommendations and then I took some different herbs and teas and stuff um and then I would lie down on a massage table for the last half of the session and we'd do hands-on healing and it was like the first thing that started helping me with my pain I tried so many things like massage, very effective, but not for long term. Like it's helpful for like right after to like a day or two. Um, So I was getting massaged and I still like to get massage. Pandemic has really fucked up my massage routine. Okay. But I used to go like every few weeks um, because it was so effective and helpful, but it wasn't like long term. And then, you know, I was doing chiropractic type of stuff that was helpful but not super duper helpful and then eventually started working with um 
different like doctors to just check my blood work and everything um and that was helpful but just very expensive um and because unfortunately most insurances do not in the U.S. do not cover um like functional medicine doctors or naturopaths so um most of the time you're paying out of pocket and then to pay for testing and stuff like that it's just very expensive so I was getting help and I did get some kind of like diagnoses that were helpful um but I do want to go back because it's been like seven years or something (laughs) and I still haven't like checked up on some of those things that I started working on um because the symptoms went away and that's what's kind of thing so fucked up about our um American healthcare system is that okay I just um I'm guessing that I fixed the problem because I never really went back because it was too expensive so it's pretty sad but I have um had a checkup and stuff and you know I'm doing okay I did fix the liver issue that I had um but I'm having stomach problems and stuff come up again I started doing a parasite cleanse a while back um so I'm kind of doing I'm kind of like going back to circling back um to some of my health stuff again because I feel like I didn't go as deep as I needed to um and um and it because just because the symptoms have gone away doesn't mean that they're completely healed but um I have created such better relationship with um my body that I feel like um I have reversed some of the conditions that I was um told that would be life long (laughs) so that's pretty badass um but anyway so I started seeing them for about mm, a couple different a couple months um extremely helpful extremely healing and then eventually um I stopped doing drugs and that what's that is what really sparked my healing deep healing journey um and it wasn't necessarily that I stopped doing them because I wanted to um and it wasn't like a court mandated you must stop doing them it was like kind of an in-between of okay I got in trouble for this shit do I want this to be the rest of my life or can I walk away and I decided to walk away and I do absolutely not promote this but I just went cold turkey and stop taking drugs. <laughs> so I was abusing anti-anxiety medications. That was my drug of choice. But I have did a lot of other things um, alongside that. Um, but that was like the thing that I had an issue with. A dependence. Um, and I stopped taking them. And it definitely made my anxiety absolutely exponentially worse. Um, it can be really bad for you. You could even die if you take your psychiatric if you just take yourself off psychiatric meds without consultation um and certain ones yeah can cause seizures and all sorts of stuff so it's very dangerous so absolutely do not do what I did but that is what I did (laughs) 
don't do what I did, please. Consult a doctor. And if you're on meds and you want to switch them or you want to change them or you want to stop taking them, have a plan in place. Work with a psychiatrist. Work with a therapist. Work with an acupuncturist. Like, get a team of people. Don't do what I did because it was dangerous and it made my mental health a lot worse for a few years. So, you know, that dug me into a bit of a spiral with anxiety, paranoia, fear, um, and like agoraphobia type of um, behavior. But my health, uh, my physical health conditions began to get a lot better. Um, And I started taking better care of myself. And then I started um, beginning my spiritual journey even deeper because I needed a tool that could help me. And Reiki is what really benefited me. It was the one thing that really helped me with anxiety as well as physical health um, issues that I was having. And so I decided to pursue that. As we know, um, Miss Daily Little was my Reiki teacher. So I found her just through the internet. Once I moved up to Santa Rosa where I do now. So long story short because of everything that was going on in my life with pain issues and drugs and all sorts of bad decisions I decided to kind of just like move um my parents at the time were living in Austin Texas for my dad's job and um like they were renting a second home out there like and so their house no one was there at their house. Um, so essentially they asked me to take care of their house, home sit. Um, is that what it's called? Home sit? House sit. Um, and so I decided, okay, I'm going to take this opportunity and just leave my life that, that it was and move on to a new chapter in my life because I feel like if I can take myself out of the place that I was so sick in, then maybe I can begin my healing further. And so I decided to move away from Oakland. I'd lived there for almost 10 years. Um, I went to college there. I had amazing life there. I loved it. Um, amazing friends. Like I had a, I had a good run, but it just wasn't for me anymore. Um, and I was ready to try something else. And so I decided to move up here to Sonoma County where I live now and for a while for about almost a year I lived at my parents house um, taking care of their house and then I went to beauty school I got my esthetician's license and I started doing skincare and meanwhile while I was in school for skincare I um, wanted to continue to pursue the Reiki path. So I found daily as my teacher and I started taking Reiki classes. So I took Reiki one and two, and then eventually Reiki master with daily over the course of about three years. We, I learned so much. We, were able to like um she was able to have me TA with her and then eventually I met Lauren um who was also on the podcast check out that episode Lauren Unger um and I began to study with her to to um learn 
Holy Fire Reiki and eventually Karuna Reiki. So this was about a four-year process of all the trainings that I did and then I began my teaching journey. So I began to teach um, kind of right before the pandemic happened. I taught my first class. I TA'd for a few classes and I also TA'd in Lauren's Holy Fire classes before I started teaching Holy Fire So I was able to sit in, experience the class and see how the teacher organizes it from behind the scenes and also practice talking, practice giving information, practice doing meditations, practice all of these skills that I need um, in order to be an effective teacher. And so that's kind of how it began. That's how it began. So... I am deciding now to stop the episode here and to do another part where I just talk about my experience um, from here up into now. So teaching Reiki, um, talking about doing my first Reiki sessions and just some stuff I've learned along the way. So I guess this is going to be a part three. So this is part two of what is Reiki healing, my Reiki story, and come back um, next week and we'll go into my experience from here once I started practicing Reiki and we'll talk about my experience in the attunements Um, because I have a lot more stories to share, but we're at about an hour plus in and I don't want this to be like a four hour episode so we're gonna stop it here and we'll be back next week with the rest of this story and just to know that this is where I've been and next week we're gonna talk about how I got from there to where I am now and I'm gonna share a little more also about holy fire and the ins and outs of that Um, versus the traditional usui which we talked about mostly in part one so thank you guys so much for listening I felt like I had to just share a lot and I know I said I was going to be concise but I'm not a concise person I have a lot to say and um you have yours to listen so thank you so much I love y'all. I'll put again, I will put my upcoming classes in the show notes if you want to sign up for Reiki training or the Cosmic Medium Circle. Check out our shop page if there's anything you want to bring home with you. And um, I love y'all very much. Thank you for supporting me. Thank you for supporting my work. also, I did, did put a new meditation up on YouTube, so you can check that out. Um, part of something I'm doing this year, and I mentioned this already, is I want to be more um, consistent with my YouTube and growing my YouTube page. So I am going to be doing a Q&A live next week, I think. Um, so I will post that information in the show notes, but if you have a question you'd like me to answer live, anything about Reiki, spirituality, aliens, metaphysics, emotional healing, mental health, whatever, um, 
please email me grace at gracelandon.com or come to the live premiere and you can answer your question on live. So if you've never done a YouTube live, you're just chatting. You're just in the background. I can't see you. You can only see me. Um, and I'm going to be doing these once a month. That's my goal for this year. So if you have questions, this is a really great opportunity for me to answer them. And, um, these are great, great, um, general questions. So if you have a question about yourself personally, um, like, should I do this or should I do that? That's more of a, something that we can do in a reading. But if this is about your practice, if this is about an experience you had, um, or just general questions about terminology or information when it comes to Reiki, intuitive healing, metaphysics, etc. Email me. Otherwise, please subscribe, like, review, do all the things. And I love y'all. Thank you for listening to my story. It is a bit emotional to talk about. So I hope that um, you can receive this well. So thank you and I love you. And I'll see you next week.